Hey guys, you know I've been trying to locate a machine monitoring system that is easy to install with minimal onboarding, right? I have to tell you, Amper Technologies reached out to me. Akshat, their founder, has been on the show before. He sent me two units to install on my CNCs under their 30-day pilot program. It's been nothing but easy-peasy. Ryan snapped them on. We waited a few days to validate and collect the data, and away we go. Check them out at amper.xyz and look under products for their pilot program. Bam. Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jim Carr, and I'm joined by my co-host of six years now, Jason Zanger. Six long years. Put up with you for six years. I know. Unbelievable. We're still going strong, though. I know. (laughs) Who would have thought we're getting record downloads now? (laughs) On that note, I want to thank like everybody that's ever been on the show before. Everybody that's shared an episode with another manufacturing leader. Absolutely. I mean, that's how we get the word out. I mean, like, there's a lot of manufacturing podcasts out there now. When we started, we were the only ones. The difference between making chips and a lot of these other manufacturing podcasts now is that they're they're usually part of a bigger conglomerate. So they've already got an audience that they send their podcast out to. Ours has been grassroots from the very beginning. I mean, this is like, you know, Jim and Jason just working in the manufacturing industry, starting a podcast. This isn't us being like journalists. I mean, like recording in your furnace room while a a 777... Dreamliner. Yeah, all the difficulties. Yeah. And having yeah. a, what do they call that? That little board with the, all the, oh, the mixing level, board. The mixing board that we couldn't figure out how to work and all that kind of fun stuff. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, this has been a grassroots effort from the very beginning. And I think that really shows in, you know, the quality that we put together and the authenticity of what we talk about. We're not journalists and we don't have that larger parent company to help us out. So we do appreciate when you send these episodes. But to you other- think you're a sub- celebrity, right? No, oh. that's you, Jim. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a funny story about this. Okay. <laughs> I met Lake Geneva yesterday. We're waiting for our, you know, the, the boats getting taken and out. And so so got- for the audience out there, Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, it's like a kind of like a summer community that people from Chicago go to. I'm standing there, you know, end of the boating day, right? Feeling pretty good. And they're bringing the boat or doing this. Someone's getting the car, you know, or coolers. And this guy walks up. He goes, are you Jim Carr? And I'm like, yeah, I, I am Jim Carr. How you doing? He goes, oh, I follow you on social media. I listen to the podcast. I think it's really great. And I'm like, oh, you just recognize me from my smile, right? And he's, oh, it was great. So it was two brothers are starting a machine shop or just recently started a machine shop in Elk Grove. He said, can I help you with, you know, some work? And I'm like, yeah, we're overloaded, man. You know, I'll, I'll give you my phone number right now. So that's fine. I made a connection. That's so awesome. it was great. Yeah. I knew you'd I, love I, that. I was at a, in the fall, I was at a pumpkin patch and, um, <laughs> pumpkin. So, and somebody said, you know, hey, are you Jason Zanger for making chips? And oh, my wife not. was so embarrassed. My wife was so, it was, Why? yeah, yeah. She just like rolled her eyes and walked away. <laughs> so, <laughs> so anyway, I just want to thank everybody that listened to the show for all those years, 600,000 downloads. It's it's impressive. It's unbelievable. And thank you. Yes. Thank you. So what are we talking about today, Today, Jim? we're going to talk about CMMC. And you know- Another acronym. I know. That's, you know how I hate acronyms. I just can't manage them in my head anymore. And actually the M, none of the M's you, stand you, for manufacturing. Wait, did you know I didn't, what- I did not know what it was. Okay. I mean, now I can see like looking at the notes. Cyber, cyber security, security maturity yep. model certification. Of yeah. course, 
who the hell the government brought that up? Yeah, the, of course, of course, the government. Yeah, uh, so the United States Dar- Department of Defense came up with that. So that they've got acronyms for everything. Yes, can I read the true definition? Yeah, because I did Google this before this episode. So cybersecurity maturity model certification and the United States Department of Defense is implementing the CMMC to normalize and standardize cybersecurity preparedness across the federal government's defense industrial base. Meaning, if you're doing DOD work, at some point, they're going to mandate that you be certified. There's a lot so let, let's be clear. They're mandating They're this. mandating it. Everybody really needs to pay attention to what CMMC is all about. Yeah, exactly. And we've got, we brought in a couple of guests. One is, you know, been on the show many times. He's got a lot of knowledge to share in this capacity. And the other one is a newbie to making yeah, ships. Yeah, for the first time. Yeah. And uh, both of these people have, I think, can add to this conversation. Yeah, let's talk acronyms. We still need to come up with our Making Chips Guide to Acronyms book. You said you were going to do that. I know, I know. When you said you were going to do that, I said it'll never get done. Maybe I'll do it during my sabbatical. I'm not going to hold my breath. So it seems like there's an acronym for everything nowadays. So I Googled the top 50 acronyms. Yeah, this is interesting. Uh, I know. Don't look. Okay. Um, All right. Because I'm going to ask you. Okay. SWAT. S-W-A-T. What does it stand for? Don't look. I had to look. I just looked. Yeah, special. I knew it had something to do with like the police, but special weapons and tactics. Okay. Okay. NSFW. Oh, that's easy. Not safe for work. Okay. I'm not looking. NBC. National Broadcast Corporation. Company. Okay, whatever. SPF. Oh, (laughs) yeah. I know what it's used for. It's in suntan lotion, which we're fortunately using these days. Sun protection factor. Oh, okay. That was easy. You'll never get this one. Please don't look. Okay, I won't. CAPTCHA, C-A-P-T-C-H-A. I see used all the time, and I, know, I have but no idea what it, what it is, and I never even like, I took any either. interest in it. And I saw this, and I'm like, I got to write this one down. Completely automated public Turing test to tell computers oh, and humans apart. I get That's it. That's that little box yeah. you check yeah. to make sure like, that- Like, choose which one of these pictures have palm trees in it or something like that. Exactly. Or, you know, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. ADHD. Oh, attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. AARP. That has to do with older people. It that does. I don't but remember. do you know what it means? No. American Association of Retired Persons. Okay. And you don't have to be retired to be a part of the AARP, by the way. They start hitting you up at 55. Wow. TCBY. Oh, the country's best yogurt. <laughs> I did not know that one. <laughs> that one, of course. Two more. SMH. Shaking my head. Okay. Last. MXD. Oh, manufacturing times design. Very good. I've got times one. What? Times design, right? No. No, digital. it's not. Oh, digital. my bad. Yeah. And, we're you, know here. I'm surprised and you didn't even know that. You know what I'm surprised? We should probably edit that out. I'm surprised they don't have the NRA on there. Uh, the National Rifle I Association. Just picked, I picked 10 that I thought were uh, appropriate. Oh, got it. Oh, so, that's inappropriate? Well, I didn't say it. <laughs> appropriate to the conversation. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm, we're not going down that one. So before we move on to some manufacturing news, tell me what's new at Zangers. You know, I'd mentioned this a couple times on the show, but we're going through some rebranding efforts to bring two of our companies together. Yes. Rebranding, recorporation, all that kind of good stuff. And so I'm, I'm really excited about what that's going to look like in the future. So yeah. that's been the Best biggest things that I'm, that I'm focusing on right now. Just, just listen to your co-host. They'll tell you what, what to I, do. I, do, you know, I know. I know. We need to listen to each other more. You know what I mean? Like we need uh, to- I listen to you, but I don't, I don't act when you talk. 
Well, just, it's funny because like I tell you everything to do like two years ahead and then you hear it from somebody else and then you do it. I'm like, Jim, I've been telling you this for like two years now. It's hard for me to manage so many different brands and companies and stuff like that. It starts to get a little overwhelming and I want to expand, yeah. you know, and we and we could talk about this on another episode, but I have, I've actually looked at into, you know, maybe acquiring a manufacturing company too. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's in, in my future, but I need to like kind of clean up and consolidate, you know, some of my Good other companies. So. As you know, as everybody knows that if you're watching the news nowadays, cybersecurity is just, it's its a problem. Well, it's yeah, a I mean, big, this big is problem. In, this episode is in our series of cybersecurity episode that we've created, and you know, it's a big deal. It really is a big deal. But I, w- I want to talk about how really big of a deal it is with regard to how much money, and I've got some stats here. I get into the money side of things in mind when I go through the basics of cybersecurity. Are you talking about the money of what it's cost people, or what, what are you going to get into? It's like in the trillions of dollars how much money is, oh, yeah. is wasted on yeah. cybersecurity. Okay, go, go ahead. Let's talk about it from a 30,000 feet. And then we're going to go into the CMMC and and talk about what that little chunk of it is all about. Because CMMC is not all of cybersecurity, no, right? No, it's one component. It's when you're one component. The Department of Defense, right? I just want the metalworking nation, the people that are listening to the show right now, to really realize cybersecurity is a big problem. There's trillions, billions, and trillions of dollars a year that is wasted. On people that are getting hacked, and right. go back to our first episode on you know the basics of cybersecurity, and you can get a lot of this information on exactly what it costs and in you know where a lot of these attacks originate from. Most of recently, they've been out of Russia, but there's a lot of internal domestic hacking going on as well. I have a stat right here. It says, according to MXD, they're being quoted in this particular thing, the Department of Defense is now spending more than $300 billion each year on government contracts. However, there is a caveat. The Department of Defense Directive 8140 requires that any contractor must satisfy specific training and certification provisions to ensure sensitive data remains secure. Applying these exact same requirements to internal staff would help secure systems, but they require the resources to do so. These qualifications required by DOD agencies can be transferable and more importantly, useful across the board. When you're talking about like, you know, the intelligence of our Department of Defense, I mean, this is how we protect our country, how we protect our industry, our economy, everything. And you know, this is a big deal to protect these things because I'll tell you what, our enemies out there, they want to steal our, our technology and everything from us. So we need to make sure that we, you know, keep those things secure. And manufacturing is such a huge part of, you know, what the Department of Defense does. So let's jump into the episode because there is a lot to talk about with CMMC. So our first guest is new to the Making Chips podcast. And for the first time, we actually have the brains behind Car Machine and Tool, <laughs> uh, John Billick, who is the sales manager of Car Machine. Welcome to the show, John. Thanks for the introduction. Uh, I wouldn't go there. And so I'm new to the show, but not new to manufacturing. Yes. You've been no. with, with Jim for how long? Three years. Three exactly. years. Yeah. Just, just been three years. And then I prior to being sales manager, I was... Uh, Selling machine tools out of college. So I've been in a lot of shops and I actually 
cold called Jim on a <laughs> on a Saturday, sneaking in, trespassing to try to sell him a machine, and then he knew I was going to be there. That's when you know he's a good salesperson. Exactly, when he's sneaking in the shop and calling on Saturdays. That's yeah, good. is it as amazing as Jim makes it out to be to work for him? Things like Car Machine, we have a great culture. Yeah, so that's kind. Of, you know, that's I did not tell him to say this either. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, this is something that Jim, you and I talked about this. I mean, this is something that we've been talking about and making chips since the very beginning. Yeah, and you I mean, and I really, as leaders, I mean, we pour a lot into the culture of our companies. It's, it's paramount. You know what I mean? It's pretty you take important. care of your team and your team ca- takes care of your clients. Exactly. I mean, that's what it comes down to. And how about our second guest? Well, of course, Paul Van Meter is no stranger to making chips. He's the co-founder of ProShop ERP. And before that, ProShop CNC. He is an expert at all things shop floor. Yes, you are. And he's appeared on numerous episodes, like the very first one going back up to like five years ago, college in the past, chips in their shoes coolant on their clothes and the success in their future with Paul Van Meter. I looked that up. That was the very first episode that we did with Paul. I know. I just looked it up as well. Yeah. Is that that the longest episode name you have? That one's pretty long. It might be. pretty long. And we've got a little bit more savvy on how we do it. We were pretty green back then, Paul. We didn't know how to strategize titles of shows. But at the end of the day, I'll tell you one thing about that show. It was truly authentic. And the story that you told about how you went from being in college, these groups of guys that you hung out with, how you found a niche in CNC machining. We may not have known how to write the exact type of titles perfectly, but we certainly had the right guests on yeah, the show. So if, you, if you want to hear more from Paul on the Making Chips podcast, just go to makingchips.com, click listen, and just enter Paul into the search bar and you'll probably find a bunch of episodes with him. Yeah. So thank you guys both for being here today. I know, Paul, you know a lot about CMMC because of ProShop and your implementation that you're going to be doing in the future. And then John, you know, I've tasked John with finding out more information about it. What is it really all about? So I'm going to kind of like, boom, hand it over to Paul. I want you to define what you know it to be and where we're at in the process. And then I'm going to pull John in and I want to talk a little bit about funding, like from IMAC that you've been checking out, because I know we can get funding just like when we take on ISO 9001 or AS9100, there's grants available from the federal and state government that you can go to apply for, and they will augment the cost of implementing some of these processes. Yeah. And just for clarity, IMAC is in Illinois organization that works with you know the government and there's other organizations within other states that do very similar things as IMAC. Exactly. So Paul, tell me what you what you know about CMMC and where we're at in the process. Well, thanks guys. It's good to be here again. I've taken a lot of trips to Chicago lately. As you said, the CMMC is Cybersecurity Maturity Model Certification. Most folks in the machine shop business know ITAR, another acronym. Uh, ITAR's been around for a number of years, but ITAR was basically a self-certification thing. You could, you know, you could pay the money to get the cert, and then you basically have to say, yeah, we are being good and safe and secure with these these documents we're getting, drawings, 3D models, to make sure that someone that's not a U.S. citizen or U.S. person doesn't see that data. But that's not good enough, right? Companies it really can't, isn't. can't just certify themselves. So, that, so the government is mandating, uh, this is a mandate, as you guys said in the intro, if you are part of another acronym, the DIB, the Defense Industrial Base. If you are a company that works on anything related to the government, 
you will have to get CMMC certified as a third-party audit, just like your AS9100 was. Or ISO. Or ISO, yeah. But it's, it's, it's going to be mandatory. So is and this um, going to be replacing ITAR? Is ITAR no, going ITAR no. still exists as far as okay. I know. But yes, they will, you will have to get a third-party auditor to come audit your company. And you have to demonstrate, just like you do with ISO or AS, that you are meeting the requirements of the standard to have your systems be safe so your data and the government's data specifically can't get easily hacked and get into those wrong hands. Because we know, I mean, for decades, I mean, countries have tried to hack information from other countries. I mean, it happens all the time. I mean, there's movies, you know, about this sort of scenario. I'm sure Tom Cruise is in half of them. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, it's just all the time. And we've been hearing about this. So and like China, for example, that have been doing this methodically for years. Right. You look at some of their their very newest planes. They look almost exactly like the U.S. plane. China is part of their culture. They don't have the same respect for intellectual property as we do. You know, to them, it's different than how we perceive that information. At least the government, yes. At least the government. Yeah, yeah. Now, that's what I meant. Yeah, the, the government of China, would that's how they, they believe. And actually goes into the culture of the country because, I mean, you know, the, the people, you know, kind of are programmed by the government in that manner. Right. So I just want to read a paragraph here that I have jotted down in my show notes. And then I'm going to go in and we're going to start digging deeper into this. CMMC applies to anyone in the defense contract supply chain. These contractors who engage directly with the Department of Defense and subcontractors contracting with primes to fulfill and or execute those contracts. According to the DOD, the CMMC launched standards which will affect over 300,000 organizations. So what does that say? It says. If you're doing Tier 1 for Department of Defense or you're doing Tier 2 for Department of Defense, this certification, this new certification is going to be mandated. It doesn't necessarily say Tier 1, Tier 2. So it could we don't do work directly for you know, the federal government, but Understood. we do do work for people that do work for the federal government, right? Is that what you yeah, just yeah. said? Anyone in the supply chain, Anyone. all the yeah. way down, so, like, down tier to three, four. I mean, it does absolutely yeah. down to if anodizers, you, platers, heat treaters. Yeah, yeah, it's going to affect them all. So what they're saying is that this is touching three hundred thousand organizations. So you have to presume that if those people want to continue to do that work, three hundred thousand organizations are going to have to get certified. Is that am I yeah, correct? Yeah, over the next over the next about four or five years, more and more companies will see the CMMC requirements flow down on the contracts that they are working on. Mm-hmm. It'll, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's progression to get there. And know? we've already heard of shops that are starting to lose work because their customers are already seeing that they're not going to be on the path to CMMC and they're pulling work from shops that aren't no kidding. So or, they've stated that they're just not going to get CMMC. So they've started looking to other places. Yep. No, okay. Actually, probably the last 10 buyers I've talked to that for the department, they, you know, work as a prime contractor or whoever they've always asked, John, are you CMMC? And I'm like, well, that's not, there actually no, there's, there's no one actually registered yet. However, you can be compliant. So this would be, yes, I'm compliant with CMMC. Or yes. Or working towards or working achieving because, okay. because there's five levels. So you could say, Hey, we're, we're trying to attain level three compliance. And then, you know, when the registrars come out, then you can register and get your official score. So I'm not a pro shop user. No, you're not. They're a great sponsor of ours. And we hear a lot about pro shop from you, Jim. 
And one thing that's kind of surprising to me in, in a really good way for them is as I travel, I spend about a third of my life on the road. Yeah. As I travel, this year I've had like three or four different companies yeah. that are all either using ProShop and have amazing things to say about really? it. Really? Or they're like one time I walked in and they were telling me, yeah, that's ProShop on the screen, but we're just like analyzing which ERP we were going to search They're blowing to. up, Nick. I mean, seriously. I know. I mean, just from talking to Paul, he's a busy man and you're just hearing about him everywhere. I was like, look, I don't use ProShop, but everyone I know who does absolutely loves it. So, But in all seriousness, you're going into these shops across America yeah. and you see it on their yeah. screen and you're like, oh my God. Yeah. That's- I've seen that before. And I'm like, is that ProShop? They're like, yeah. yeah. And one of them was just a, right on the fence about to pull the trigger. You know, maybe... Maybe Paul should run for president in 2024. He <laughs> would, would have my vote, man. So go to ProShopERP.com for more information. Yep. Okay, so yep. tell us about these five levels. Yeah, I, I'm going to throw that out to you sure, guys. Sure. Yeah, there are five different levels, and they basically relate to the maturity of your cybersecurity profile. Level one, of course, is the basic. That's just the most sort of rudimentary things that you need to do to be safe. Most machine shops that, you know, like, you know, car, car machine and tool, they will need to be at level three. Right. I know you have to be a minimum of three, right? Yep. yep. Level three. Uh, two isn't really a level. So uh, it's just sort of built into three. And then people like, or companies like Lockheed and Boeing, they would be the level fives. They're not expecting a machine shop to get to a level five. Oh, okay. With, with level five, you have, you know, 24 seven task force that are monitoring your network in real time and all sorts of crazy stuff. So. So most machine shops should be concerned about level three. I, I presume that there there will be a business model if there isn't already one now for a machine shop to be a level five as well, though, right? I mean, for somebody to focus on that on that market, or or would you say so, or not? Not really. I just I don't know enough to say. Okay, uh, not that I've heard. Do you think but, the customers want to pay for that? Yeah, well, that that's that that's that's expensive. another good point is whether they would want to or not. Yes. So as a business owner, I heard about this implementation process. Is like, what is it going to cost? where is it at right now and how soon do I have to get this implemented? Is it true that it's 2024, I believe, is when they're expected? 2025, uh, I, I think. But at the end of the day, you you can't sit on this because there's only so many approved auditors. And if you do this at the last minute, you're at serious jeopardy to lose a, lot, a significant amount of your sales. I mean, there's going to be machine shops that maybe 30% of their business deals with Department of Defense. And then just because they don't have the CMMC accreditation, they're going to lose you know, millions of dollars if they don't take this seriously. Yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. So let's talk about cost. I mean, wh- I, I know it's just recently in the last couple of weeks, they started, it's official now. They've given, created a registrar, an entity to come in and start doing these audits, right? They announced it in May of 2021, right? right? So- I'm trying to think about what, what kind of costs are going to be put on the, the machine shop that has to have this minimum level three. Paul, do you know of any of those costs or, or can we just assume it's going to be like a typical AS9100 audit? No, it's going to be quite a bit more expensive, unfortunately. Oh, thank so, you. Thank it, you. That's what I needed well, to because hear. because it has more to do with like your infrastructure than your process. Yeah, it goes a lot deeper. So, Well, let's talk about that. The CMMC is built on a number of existing cybersecurity standards. The main one is called the NIST 800-171 standard. That was also a self-certification standard, so you didn't have to get a third-party audit for that. If a company is pretty well along or can say they are you know, really compliant to that standard, then they likely can already check off the boxes for CMMC Level 1. Okay, uh, And Interesting. perhaps some of the others as well. But if you aren't, 
the the numbers I've heard for level one is somewhere between like five to twenty thousand dollars. Just for level one. Just for level one, and that depends on how far along you are on the NIST standard. Wow. And then for level three, you know, again, it's going to be somewhere on the order of twenty-five to a hundred thousand dollars. What? Yep. I, so I've been talking with IMAC, and obviously this is still really early. But I'm getting my score right now, and I've been talking about like, hey, when we actually get audited, how much is going to cost? And they're, they're, they told me between ten thousand to I think fifty thousand. But for level three, for level three, mm-hmm. yep. So it's it, yeah, it's it's similar to ISO because that depends on your company size. So it is kind of similar getting AS and ISO. Okay. I'd say. So for a larger shop, it could be even more. Right. Is that why you said twenty five to a hundred, Paul? Because yeah, because I the mean, size of the shop, the shop, yeah, absolutely, the size would have a huge huge impact. IMAC is Illinois Manufacturing Excellence Corporation or whatever it is. And, and they're, they're they're part of the MEP network. They are part of the And that's what I was referring yes. to where IMAC is yes. the Illinois version of the MEP and other states have their own versions. Right. And I know they've give they gave us a grant, gosh, 10, 15 years ago to get ISO certified. They augmented the cost of bringing in a consultant and all the application fees and and part of the auditor, the registrar, the auditor process so obviously imac is going to be giving grants out for local bona fide businesses to augment the cost yeah of this. So, so the way it works is like the mep gets his money from the federal government and then the mep allocates that money to the different states organizations yes. like imac there has also been some discussion about the department of defense i suppose helping with some of the cost of the actual certification itself they might directly provide some funding, not for getting ready, but just the actual audit itself, like the payment you know, of the auditor. They may help cover some of that. Interesting. So those, the numbers that actually I pulled out were actually straight from the DOD themselves. So we did a webinar on CMMC a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. and <laughs> this is a little bit crazy, but and maybe we can include the link in the show notes, but there's this DOD document. It's called 85FR something or other. And on, on, on page 61,514, <laughs> yep, I'm not joking. No, seriously. No, I'm not joking. On page 61,514, they say that the estimate for level three, they say here between fifteen dollars and $100,000, depending on the size of the company. Jim, you're going to have to read 100,000 pages yeah. in order to get CMMC. <laughs> I, am not, I'm not, I, I see a consultant in our future again, for sure. So what I'm seeing is this is going to be a big financial hit for a company that, that is being mandated to do this. Well, it's going to be a financial so, hit whether you do it or you don't do it. So I think, you know, that just needs to be allocated well, you to your could budget. still you could still be doing work for other industries and not yeah, have Yeah, you this could give up those sales. That's so what that's I mean. That's a financial hit. So, or you can get the certification which also is going to cost you money. Right. The unknown here is the amount of labor that we have to invest into getting up to that level, right? It's a big thought that you you will have to think about with regards to This is a huge a huge deal in our industry. Kind of like AS9100, it will kind of differentiate, you know, companies that want to be playing in this space and doing defense work and companies that decide they just don't want to be. So, John, how you, you mentioned compliant. I know we've talked about putting it on our website that we're CMMC compliant. What does that really mean? Since there isn't an actual registrar right now, I guess as, as of a few May weeks 13th, ago, there, there's May, one, yes. but that's, they're probably just going to be doing the big boys first, right? They're not going to be doing car machine, no. And so we're compliant to the cybersecurity 
you know, CMMC level three guidelines. We're just, but we, we're just not registered. So that that's kind of what com- that's what companies. But, but what does it mean to be compliant to those guidelines? For instance, sending emails. Uh, if you have a, def- a, a print that's for a, a, a contractor, you have to send that securely. You can't just send that willy nilly across all your anodizers and whatnot. You know, your finishers have to have to be CMC approved. I mean, you know, it's everything from background checks. Are you doing background checks for everyone in your company? Like that's up uh, some points. I mean, it is focus on the actual cybersecurity, but it's actually the security of your entire organization. I view this as an opportunity for me as a salesperson because when I get those forms from all these customers and they they ch- you know, are you ISO? Are you AS? You know, do you use default ITAR, material? Yeah. This is another checkbox. And if you, the more checkboxes you have, the less hoops you're going to have to deal with. And um, there's definitely going to be some shops that don't want to handle this. Cool. More work for me, you know? So if you wait, I mean, 2025 is around the corner. If you wait... It is literally... If right you start this in 2023, there's a chance that all the registrars are going to be booked for, you know, it could be like a year lead time to get one, which I think that's going to be the case. And if you don't do this soon, um, you're going to have some problems. And Paul, what I know ProShop has been, maybe already has rolled out some enhanced security measures that would be applicable to the CMMC level three credentialing. What, What are those particular enhancements? I mean, we learned about CMMC maybe a little more than a year ago, and we have a lot of clients that do defense work. And so we knew that this was going to be a pretty huge deal for them. So we tried to be very proactive in building new features. So there's probably a couple dozen new features that we have in ProShop that are there to help our customers meet those requirements. And the requirements are broken down into 17 different domains. And they range from purely technical controls of your network and devices to personnel management and security awareness training. So this really is a company-wide endeavor. So ProShop certainly can't help make a company compliant, but we can help them pass some of the requirements that where an ERP system might actually, you know, sort of overlap. And this would be things like auditability of your systems, awareness and training. So there's lots of things that we can help with. So we've done things like, for example, we've put a lot more work into user authentication strengthening our password requirements and we've even put in a new scheme what is that what is that hardware piece that you're using yeah so every device that accesses cui controlled unclassified information that's another important acronym this is the data that the government is trying to protect this cui and that would be you know drawings or models or bill of materials things of that nature that have sensitive data picture of a, a drawing that goes onto a missile or Huge. a rocket. So how do we secure that from the bad guys? On the hardware side of things, you know, one of the requirements will be like if your laptop gets stolen, how can you make sure that a bad guy can't, you know, crack your password and get onto your laptop and and see those drawings and models. And one of the ways that we're helping to make that possible for most of our clients, including you, Jim, your ProShop database is run off of the the cloud, right? It is. For ITAR and CMMC clients, it would be run off the AWS GovCloud, right? Which is, uh, and Mm. you know, the GovCloud is is already a place where a lot of government agencies hold data. They are FedRAMP certified, another acronym, you know, and they'll certainly be compliant to the CMMC standard as well. So are these actually servers that are controlled by the government or is this a private organization? Yeah, I want to know more about this. Yeah, the GovCloud, no, that's AWS, Amazon Web Services. Oh, got it. Okay. But 
they are so there's probably other organizations that have gov yes, clouds as microsoft well. has their own they right. don't call it gov cloud but amazon has their own microsoft google and lots of other smaller companies as well but those server farms are on u.s soil they only employ u.s persons they have a lot more strict controls than they do with a regular sort of you know cloud instance really interesting so look at the screen so that's my login yep i am not i am not part of that aws.gov cloud right is my login credentials going to change or is what i'm no nothing from if we you know when we move so, you to over the gov cloud yeah tell me how that's going to change or what what's going to change where is this data being saved right now or do you know on another cloud server besides no, that it, one domestically or yes oh it's domestic yeah okay we use primarily what's called the west coast region so this is almost certainly coming from an aws server farm in oregon oh okay so we are pro shop is on an aws cloud yes. oh okay i thought i thought that was a, a higher standard no differentiating between the regular aws cloud versus the gov cloud okay that's the difference for, okay. for aws and again there's lots of other equivalents that other companies yeah have. this is definitely not my but, my thing but here's an example i wanted to point out let's say that's why i brought in people that know what they're talking about when you have yeah. a a uh, customer that that asks you to log on to their portal to get some drawings. Yeah, we do, do that, that we do that time? all the time, right? Yeah. So if you go to that portal and you download those files, you need to make sure you don't download them onto your local computer. So like if you you know in ProShop you use what we call the the K drive. Yeah, right? absolutely. Right. So the K drive for us that's just That's where we, we put all it. our models, we put all our PDFs, we put all the information. Right. So if you download from that client portal straight to your k drive that 3d model or drawing was never on your hard drive it goes straight from the cloud on your customer customer portal, portal right which is or, secure or hopefully if, yep yeah of course okay straight to the gov cloud if in the case of let's assume in a, in a year or so we've switched you to the gov cloud right okay nothing will change the way you you see it but the data will be now hosted in that location but that's going to require like your it people to make sure that you're downloading those files to the correct drives and that might even have to do with no, types of it's your it's, it's it's everyone that's working in your company. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like everybody You're in your gonna, company the has training. To, they is, can't download those files onto their local computers because that would violate the CMMC. Well, it, I would I would assume they could. It just makes the requirement considerably more yeah, onerous. That, that they have to have all these other protocols to, now. Exactly. In place. Yep. Because it's a score, right? You don't have to be grading literally everything, but you get docked points. So yeah, you're talking. There's a there is some current sort of self-assessment score that you're going through right now yes yeah so lots of companies are are going through that as well but ultimately you'll have to meet the requirements of the in in, in each standard one through five has many little subsections right and within those there are requirements for you know password complexity or you know how you handle your hardware devices how you train your employees how you can you know, audit your system to, to see if, you know, it was accessed by someone that shouldn't have accessed it. You know, those are all those kinds of things that you will have to ultimately pass those those requirements. And show an auditor. And show the, a third-party auditor, yep. Wow. third-party auditor system is going to, it's called the C3PAO, another crazy acronym. But that is the network of auditors that the government will allow to be auditors. And, and they are just now sort of getting in place the first companies that are allowed to be C3PAO hmm. auditors. So what about if you download a print or a model from your customer's portal to a Google Drive? 
uh, unless it's on the Google equivalent of their GovCloud. I forget what Google calls it. Um, yeah. It would not be compliant. Mm, interesting. Very Even interesting. a secured, you know, password I thought it just drive. had to be password protected, but no. Well, I mean... <laughs> I, I I'm not. There, this is all expert, new, right? We're t- we're talking not, about yeah. stuff that is. Remember, we just, said a hundred thousand pages. Yeah, I know. This yeah, is yeah. stuff that's all. Fr- but I think it's I think it's important that we have this discussion now. We want to put this in the manufacturing leaders out there in this country that this is coming and it's coming fast, and we have to prepare for it financially, and we have to start training our people. You know, there's going to be a lot of new processes that are going to be implemented, and new equipment that needs to be bought, possibly right. new and, software that needs to be bought. Well, I think that maybe. They need to look at ProShop again, too, because ProShop's going to hopefully, you guys are going to parallel with what the government is going to be requiring us to do. All we want to do is make it simple. At the end of the day, we just want to make parts. We get paid to make precision parts. We don't get paid to do security processes. So that's why we need partners like you to help, you know, take away a little bit of the pain in in the daily operations. Things like ERP software will will be important. We're trying to get ahead of it because we believe there are a lot of companies that are not sort of being proactive about this. And so if we can, if we can help our clients, you know, meet the standard by building some software features in as well, then that's just better for them. When we had the episode about AS9100, we talked about the sort of flying start package, right, where we included a bunch of content in your system to help you get AS. We're coming out with a cybersecurity flying start package, which basically helps a company walk through the requirements of getting CMMC certified. Mm. Secured start? Yeah. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) So it's not prescriptive in how it's done. Right. It lays out a series of workflows. And in fact, it uses our largely our parts and work orders module. So we will actually kind of issue project management work orders for the various sections of the CMMC standard. We went through sort of early beta with about three clients. Uh, Now we're doing it with 10. And then we'll be releasing it to more soon. But it'll help them do that process in a much more sort of understandable way. Because like most, like you, this is all brand new. Shops have no idea what's ahead of them. When big changes like this happens, there are also unscrupulous companies that are trying to take advantage of of it. Of course. I was talking to a shop in Florida and they had two different consulting companies. This was a a company of less than 10 people. Two different consulting companies quote them $100,000 to help them get level three. Help them. Help them get level three. And there's probably no guarantees there. So, right, I mean, like, right. so, yeah. see, that's... So, you really got to do your due diligence. Talk to your MEP networks in your local area. They can help you find, you know, accredited, good, reputable consultants. And there may be grant money as well to help to help offset some of well, this for sure. They did, they did say that there was going to be grant money, right? Yeah. Right now, the consultant we're working with, we're not paying for anything. So, I mean, we're, it's, all grant, it's all grant and they're being really helpful. At the end of the day, we've got a timeline. We know we have to meet that timeline if we want to continue to do work for the Department of Defense. But I have one more question for John. So you said that when you're talking to new clients, new prospects, and you have to check that box, I still don't understand like what kind of industry are those people, A, because nothing has been is solidified yet. How do they even know that you know we're doing what we're checking in the box? Here's the thing. A lot of times the I'm talking to an OEM, you know, works for the Department of Defense, and they might not even know what CMMC is. A lot of times, like when they ask AS, they're not really even sure what it is. In so the day, you've, you've got to check the boxes. Okay. So but why would you go through all this work to get 
AS9100 and to get into some big prime contractors exactly. to then lose all exactly. that work by not getting CMMC. Yeah. It'd be crazy. It would so be. I think by 2025, it's going to be like like having ISO. I mean, people are going to be like, are you, are you CMMC? So mm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this is good for us to talk about this well in advance and prepare the metalworking nation for what's yeah. to come in 2025 because, I mean, you're going to have to spend a lot of time. I think it's going to be, sounds like it's going to be more you know, invasive than say AS or ISO. And so this is something important to start thinking about, start doing your research. I have a feeling that we're going to, we're going to be doing some more future episodes on CMMC, that this is only the basics of what security people need to start yeah. thinking about. Yeah. And cybersecurity and manufacturing is going to be a big deal. Yeah, I it mean, is. MXD is, um, you know, I think they, they call themselves, if I recall correctly, the center of excellence for cybersecurity and manufacturing right. or the national center of cybersecurity and manufacturing. And, it's a big deal. And, you know, manufacturers out there really need to start preparing themselves, you know, mentally and fiscally right now. You bet. Yeah. And I just participated in like an online kind of like trade show deal with and like some of the participants were like Lockheed Martin, you know, SpaceX, Northrop Grumman, every single person, uh, they all asked about what are you doing for CMC? Are you CMC? You know, What's going on with that? But so. at least you could say you know about it and you're educated and ready and we're moving in that direction. I think that at the end of the day is, is you know, admirable. Exactly. Yeah, you've got to educate yourselves. And I'm sure you guys will, will want to do some more shows on this. Get an actual auditor in here or some of those um, certified registrars. Because if you're not securing your data... And you're making <laughs> making parts for the Department of Defense. Yeah. You're not going to be making chips for yeah. very much longer. Heck no, no. And if you're not making chips. You are not making money. Bam. Bam. Thanks for listening to the Making Chips podcast. Jim and Jason knew that the metalworking nation, the community of world-class makers, needed to commit to a new way of leading to stay ahead of the competition. So, Making Chips was created to fill that void, to give you advice from other manufacturing leaders who can push you to take action. Your manufacturing challenges have a solution. And many of them are at makingchips.com.